the knife 41 times and not feel the slightest bit guilty. That would be justifiable homicide. If fire were a newborn kitten, I would stuff that animal into a garbage bag and throw it into a river. That would be a glorious sacrifice to the gods. Sometimes I light matches so that I can piss them to death. Okay, so now do you understand how much that I hate fire? I hate it religiously, pathologically, and hysterically. And do you understand that I hate this story, or at least I hate to tell it because it's filled with fires? So here's what I say. Fuck fires and the fucking people who start them. Well, I immediately regret saying that, so let me propose a second an amendment. I hate almost everybody who starts fires, the exception being Susie Song. To be honest, I was infatuated with her when she started that trailer ablaze and stepped back to watch it burn. Most humans, except for burn victims and me, love fire for primal reasons. It warmed and protected our ancestors as they huddled in dark caves. When I stare into a fire long enough, I can see my ancient cousins staring into their fires. Susie stared at her fire like it was aboriginal cinema. Her flames are mostly orange with some reds and yellows and one or two blues and a flicker of green. Okay, so you're probably asking yourself why I know so much about fire when I claim to hate it so much. Well, I'm an artist of war, and any good warrior must know his enemies as well as he knows himself. And I know fire, and I know nostalgia, and I know the jumping spiders of Borneo. Yep, those dinner plate-sized arachnids climb trees, build funnel-like webs in common flight paths, and patiently wait for a clueless bird to fly through the funnel, a move that will prompt the spider to jump from the top of the web, capture the bird in mid-flight, and drop to the bottom of the web with its supper. Can you imagine living in a place where birds have to be afraid of spiders? I mean, dang, I know that we live on a violent planet. See Cain versus Abel, Hector versus Achilles, Ali versus Frazier 3, Robert Conrad versus Gabe Kaplan in Battle of the Network Stars 1976. But what kind of God would create a spider that hunts birds? I think it's just a matter of time before God creates a spider that hunts humans. And those jumping spiders of Des Moines, Iowa, were hunt by smell. And do you know what makes humans reek the most? Nostalgia. Yep, those spiders will wipe out those humans who live in the past, while those of us who celebrate the present and future will survive. It doesn't matter if you're a creationist or an evolutionist, because God and or nature will punish nostalgic shitheads. Okay, okay, I know that I digress. I mean, Susie was certainly not thinking about the chemistry of fire or the jumping spiders of Borneo when she set that trailer ablaze. She owned private reasons for her pyromania, and I have no way of knowing them. And she didn't know she was being watched. Victor and I had already said her goodbyes and driven away, and we'd only turned back to spy on Susie because Victor was lusting after her. She's hotter than any Indian woman I'll ever see at home, Victor said. Maybe she walks around the desert naked. So Susie thought she was alone and free to commit the glorious crime of arson. She was as glorious as the fire, with her long black hair tied into a loose ponytail and her Inuit Chinese French-American face a testament to the ironic magic of colonialism. Mixed-breed humans and mixed-breed dogs are the two most loyal, loving, and intelligent species on the planet. And her blue jeans and denim jacket and orange shirt were iron crisp and clean. Yes, her shirt was orange, a Grateful Dead concert tee with a hole beneath the arm. I noticed the hole the night before and how I could see the soft edge of her breast if she moved her arm at the right angle. 
And oh, just so you know, I am quite aware of the differences and similarities between sex and power and the very different ways in which men and women define sex and power. After all, my late mother, who died with my father in an evil house fire when I was only six months old, so maybe now you partially understand my hatred of flames, was the daughter of a full-blood Spokane Indian mother and a half-white, half-Spokane father. Or, or I guess to be honest, I should say that she was the nature daughter of a full-blood Spokane mother and the nurtured child of a half-white, half-Spokane father. Oh, wait. To be less obtuse, I should say that my mother's biological father was not the generous and gentle half-white, half-Spokane man who raised her. No, my mother was conceived when a full-blood Spokane, who shall remain nameless because I don't want to claim him as anything other than an anonymous scumbag, dragged her full-blood Spokane mother into the trees and sexually assaulted her. There, now you have it. My late mother was conceived during a sexual crime. That makes me the grandson of rape. So, okay, as the grandson of rape, I should be highly aware of the violent potential of sex, and I guess I am. More than most men, I hope. Some of those other men will wait for hours to catch a glimpse of a woman's breast, in whole or in part. And hey, to be honest, I'm one of them. I mean, don't get me wrong, I respect women. Unlike men, they love to listen to stories as much as they love to tell them. But no matter how much I respect women's stories, I still lust for their bodies, and that's hardly ever respectful. Victor, I said, she looks so lovely in the midday firelight. <laughs> that was poetry, sure, but not very good poetry. I suppose I could have quoted Shakespeare, but Victor always slugged me whenever I quoted anybody, even somebody lame like Charlie Sheen or Dan Rather. <laughs> because Victor thought that I read too many books, viewed too many movies, enjoyed too much music, watched too much TV, and was generally far too curious about the world. And like every other poet and poetry quoter in world history, I was only using the magical words to express my desire to see another human being naked. For the most classic example, see Andrew Marvell's to his coy mistress. <laughs> yep, Susie Song was an emergency room trauma nurse, and she was smart and funny, but I only wanted world enough and time to have sex with her. Her possibilities are endless, I said to Victor. Thomas, you're so full of shit. In the arroyo below, the trailer bent and snapped beneath the weight of the orange flames. Hey, Victor, I said, who knew orange was such a heavy color? Don't be given orange no special meaning, he said. Orange is just a color, man. And everything in this whole damn state is too damn orange. Orange sun, orange sky, orange rocks, orange sand, orange dirt, orange fire, orange people. I know, I said, and wondered how Victor could work up so much hate for one color. And why orange? Orange is the most harmless color, I think. And a cousin to red, and red is the favorite color of 93% of Indians. This despite the fact that red, as in red skin, red man, red ass, has always been used as a derogatory term for us. When our skin colors are really various combinations of mauve, pink, beige, cocoa, white, and plain old brown. I should have banged that Susie before we left, Victor said, quickly moving past his opinion of orange. He has never been one to dwell on a particular hatred, having so many more to choose from. I mean it, Victor said. I should have done Susie right there on the kitchen table. Make Miss Song sing. That's what I should have done. Standing on the rim, Victor thrust his hips back and forth. Mime sex, stupid sex, stupid man. I should have made her beg for more, he said. I didn't know if Victor really meant any of that, or yes, I know that he meant it, but he said that about every woman, and plenty of them wanted him to say it, so it didn't really have any special meaning to anybody, or maybe it did. I'd spent the whole night before obsessed with a quarter-inch square of Susie's body, so who was I to judge? I'd even told her how shockingly beautiful I thought she was. Shockingly beautiful, she'd said, and here I thought I was being consistent. 
How many men had called her beautiful? Too many. I think she was bored by her beauty or maybe tired of the men who needed to make public declarations about her face and hair and body and perfect feet. Like Victor, like me. Was I as much an asshole as Victor? Maybe I was, or maybe I could pass judgment on Victor because I kept my nastiest thoughts to myself. Maybe I was a better man than Victor because I objectified women out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> Look at her, Victor said. She's laughing. And she was laughing. And she was clapping and she was spinning in the orange dirt and she made the sign of the cross, a ceremonial Catholic gesture that has always felt violent to me, mimicking as it does the crucifixion of Christ, one of the most famous violent acts of all time, but certainly not the most violent famous act of violence ever, considering that Jesus was crucified in exactly the same way as a few hundred thousand other criminals and rebels during that same era. I mean, it's not like there was or is a dozen different ways to crucify somebody. It's a very basic process. Strip them naked, beat them bloody, march them through town, nail them to the cross, hoist them into the air, and let them die of pain, exposure, and shock, and then repeat as necessary. And don't you find it a little weird and predictable that an entire religion was created by one particular act of violence? And yet, despite this horrific beginning and some horrific shit along the way, Catholics and other Christians love to present themselves as peaceful, loving, forgiven, and reasonable people. For example, love the sinner but hate the sin, and get all beatific and weepy-eyed when they make the sign of the cross. To be more honest and respectful of church history, Catholics and all other Christians should stop making the sign of the cross and start miming the hammering of nails into Jesus' hands and legs. And they should do it with smiles on their faces. Christians should be thankful that Jesus was murdered. Their religion wouldn't exist without his murder. So Christians should be joyful about the blood and bile. They should build shrines to Pontius Pilate, who, by the way, was a Roman leader who, along with other Romans, ordered the death of Christ, meaning that the misguided fools who blame Jews for the crucifixions should really be anti-Italians. Anti-Semitism, no. Anti-Italianism, yes. Christians should sing praises to murder and blood and bile. or maybe.